1: Dead bod rap pod we're back nate what episode is this I 128 to right. welcome to episode 128 the search for a new tomorrow on here on dead bod rap pod my name is damone carter aka dim one i am joined not in physical form but in virtual essence by mr nate leblanc how's it going
2: I'm good. Thank you, Damone. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, mystery guest who will be mentioned in a second. To be named later.
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
2: Um, and also
1: joining us via the Zoom contraption, we have Mr. David Ma. What's good, man? What's up, Damone? Thank you for uh, having us back, man. This is—it's always good to be here.
0: Nate, good to see you. And I'm um, really looking forward to our guests this evening.
1: Yes, absolutely. Those who listen to the Dad pod Rap Pod know very well that um typically i am the only person who has fathered children in in our uh in our space here the other ones just have dead bods actually not dave at all which pisses me off <laughs> but but today we are joined by a hip-hop dj producer also dead dead in the zoom we have mr square wheezy also known as Matic also known as wheezy affectionately of the finger bangers who are now yeah, yeah, just yeah, known yeah. as the finger bangers. No, who are just known as the bangers because they went PG. Uh no, I'm just kidding. Easy, What's happening, man?
3: Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's uh honor to be here. I'm super excited. Uh yeah man, I just want to do like a bunch of like just boop 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 boop, Because I'm yeah. like, man, this is yeah. so dope.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's great to have you. When we can afford a sampler, we'll definitely get to the boop 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 boops. But uh for now we have we have you in the building. Um let, let me ask you this. The, the starter question for this week is we've all been, you know, back when there was society and you could like move around places and talk to people. You've all been out somewhere and you've heard this question. And Weezy, we'll start with you about how you feel about this question and what it brings up for you is you're walking out of fucking Togo's and somebody goes, Hey bro, do you like hip hop? Ah. What's the, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when you hear
3: that? That's so triggering, man, because, like, it depends on the day that you catch me in. Sometimes I'm like, no, I do not (laughs) like hip-hop at all, at all. I don't want to put on those headphones that you have in your hand. I know that a million other ears have been on. I'm not. I'm good. But on other days, I'm like, uh, you catch me in a good mood, I feel like I appreciate that guy's hustle. I'm still not putting on those headphones. But maybe I'll slip them a five or maybe just like not be so rude but yeah man it could go either way yeah
1: yeah when when you're outside of togo's that's that's how it goes yeah down. i'm definitely
3: yeah you won't catch me outside of togo's especially if there's a dude asking if i like hip-hop that's
4: a lot of red flags are happening there <laughs> <laughs>
3: probably isn't that
4: good. Have, you, have you
1: ever encountered it where somebody actually had some dope shit has that ever happened to you in your entire history of being cd hustled
3: nah man never dude it's only so bad dude (laughs) oh man like lyrical miracles and everything it's like a lot of miracle miracle. i
1: think think that's a that's a great way uh dave you're you're a really nice friendly guy who talks to everybody (laughs) who talks to you um what, what is your response to that question when you get, or do you get that question? Oh man, um, I don't get it to my face, but I
0: mean, there's probably two reactions to that. I mean, one, I would probably be like, what is hip hop? And then do a transition, <laughs> transition into a continuation. <laughs> <laughs> um, or two, I would, I would play the card of uh, being like, me, me don't speak English. And they're just gonna be like,
5: they're just gonna be like this little
0: Asian guy, peace
2: you know? <laughs> oh, Nate, what about the, you, man? Um, uh, I, I always say no. Yeah. Um, and I, I think of, of <laughs> the four of us, I'm like the least hip hop presenting. You know what I mean? Like I, I could definitely like only yeah, Phil I, Collins. Like if you met me and you <laughs> had never spoken before, you could think oh I was into God. Pearl Jam very easily. <laughs> oh man! Like, and at a time in my life, I kind of was. um but the the worst time that ever happened to me I was in a very small restaurant like maybe like 12 tables on a date night with my wife I think this is right before we got married so we were dating at the time so it was actual date night where like I needed maneuvers to be made
4: um (laughs)
2: and our waiter was like hey bro you like hip-hop oh damn it this was the closest (laughs) I ever went to being like Don't do this. (laughs) I don't need a
1: side of hip-hop
3: right now, bro. I know. Please, (laughs) please. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Can you refill my drink? (laughs) Um,
1: Can I ask, Nate, only because I I think I know the answer to this question. What restaurant were you at?
2: We were at Opa when it was in uh, Willow Glen. And it was so tiny. Wow. Really? And knowing a little bit more about that, I'm sure they were just trying to do this guy a favor. He wasn't really a, a waiter per se. He was just uh, playing one on TV <laughs> that night. But uh, yeah, I, it's, it's the worst situation because even if you say if you say no and be a dick, which I believe that's what I did in this scenario, you're a dick, right? And right. But if you say yes, now you're entertaining like he's going to come up and like oh, gonna... specials totally. or like, uh, totally, yeah. what are we the doing? Totally. Uh, reminiscent yeah, of MC Shan in L.A. Story starring Steve Martin.
5: Mm.
2: Oh, <laughs> wow. Damn. Man. There's, a, there's a rapping waiter bit in that. Okay, <laughs> poor Shan.
1: Hip-hop legend turned bit player in a Steve Martin flick. Um, I, like DeMau- how Nate, I like how Nate leans into his white
2: privilege as soon as somebody asks, <laughs> do you like hip-hop, bro? Um, you know what's funny is uh, well played. It's, it, it's almost always kind of a street hip-hop. Like, it used to be underground hip-hop, like, goofy kind of style right. hip-hop. And now, right. if anyone asks, it's almost always, like, street hip-hop. And I could just be like... Yeah. No, bro. Like, this is very close to, like, the homeless gentlemen who will try to sell you the street sheet it's like yeah, they, they yeah. need the dollar not for you to read their poetry you know what i, I mean you. like right, right. it doesn't really matter i don't want to know the homeless news you know what i mean like <laughs> it's just like
1: yeah The your
3: call cold piece what news. i don't want is like yeah i do like hip-hop and then you're gonna proceed with like this freaking freestyle that i really don't want like yo please just leave me alone i just want to like disappear
2: There was a time in my life where I was going out in San Francisco a lot and drinking and going in bars and DJing and stuff. And it felt like the homeless people, again, not to totally equate these two things. It's just the stories that it brings up to me. The homeless people would feel like they needed to do some kind of performance to get money. Somebody would tell a joke. Somebody would beatbox. And the worst you could do is beatboxing. Because now someone is spitting in your ear. (laughs) And I see COVID. I'm not going to want to have that happening. I'll just be like, don't beatbox. Here's a dollar. Here's a dollar. Um, yeah. Homer Simpsoning into the bushes.
1: <laughs> Lord mercy. That is... Uh, you guys want to know the best tactic for getting that off you? Is be like, I only listen to Christian rap, bro. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> wow. Nine times out of ten, that's going to shake them off. Now, on the tenth time when it is Christian rap, you got to buy it. That's, that's how that yeah, works. You gotta- <laughs> yeah, you just got to be like... Okay, Chance the Rapper, I'll take this. Um, I'll take a chance. uh, (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Um, And other rappers selling their wares news, uh, a rapper that is near and dear to us who uh, has been on the program and that we think very highly of, uh, Rap Ferreira, a.k.a. Milo, released the Purple Moonlight Pages um, vinyl. um, And the price point had... um, Fans and, and vinyl, you know, enthusiasts, um, kind of a little bit roiled up, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss it over to our vinyl correspondent Nate LeBlanc uh, to with the details on the
2: story, Mr. Nate. Uh, thanks, Damone. We're here in Brooklyn, and uh, things are getting <laughs> heated. Um... I... <laughs> So we we talked about this a lot on Twitter. I talked about it a lot in DMs with other people. We talked about it on our brand new Friday night IG live show, 5 p.m. Pacific. We're cracking jokes on IG live. Um, I I just, I'll just say this. I like records. If I have to own a record, I'm going to pay what it takes to get it. And I'm very privileged to be in a position to do that. Um, Maybe I'll skip the next three or four records I was going to buy or skip buying a pair of shoes or get Safeway brand something instead of Lacroix, or you know like right. there's a lot of ways right. to get 77 um i could sell a record i could right. not drive my car and ride my bike for a week and not buy a tank of gas like there's a lot of ways to budget a record purchase if you really want to have the record i really wanted this record um i can't remember if i told this part of the story yet or not but like i bought the tape for this record and i don't own a tape player um right. i have right. a sealed 50 tape Sitting on my shelf as a little cute memento of my fandom of Milo, because I right. love this fucking record. So right. by the end of this, I will have spent a hundred twenty-seven dollars on physical products for something I could listen to for free, because I mm-hmm. fuck with it. Right, right. <laughs> and I, I, I need him to continue making music and to feed his family and to have a place to live, so I can get more. Raps in my life, you know what I mean? So 100%. that's just kind of how I feel about it. Um, Wheezy, you're our guest. Would you pay $77 for a record? It's okay if the answer is no. Um, I would because I feel like with physical product nowadays, it's more considered like pieces of
3: artwork, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like the music is already out there on streaming, you can get that for free. And if it's, like, a supporting the artist thing and you're broke and you can't, uh, you, you know, don't have the money or means to, like, justify a $77 purchase, you mm-hmm. could always, like, yo, repost it or, you know, tell right. a couple friends. Like, that's supporting the artist. You know what I mean? Don't, like, if you don't got the money, don't feel like you're obligated to, like, yo, I gotta buy this $77. I was, like, yo, like you were saying, it's, like, you know, if you have the means to do it, go for a it, man. That's gonna help him feed himself. He got, like, a whole bunch of uh, tour dates canceled. Yeah, so he's like- trying to coop the way that he can and it's like dude 77 bucks is like mad worth it for something like on the resale market how much is that gonna go for exactly yeah. right it's, like it's kind yeah. of like like how nike does like yo the these freaking chunky dunky dunkle dunks are like <laughs> are like 100 bucks <laughs> but they're gonna resell for like thousands of bucks like why why can't he like make his loot where he can make his loot dog? like you oh. know like gone are the days of just like i don't know man like I don't know what i'm trying to say but like yo it's with physical product they're like it's okay if you don't open them and like to to listen to it you can always stream it it's like it's just having that the like the an art piece you
1: know yeah, yeah. right For yeah right that's a that's a great way of uh of, of looking at it dave I, I know you collect a little bit too um when you I saw do. this at the at the 77 price point what was what was kind of your thought process
0: um my immediate knee-jerk was like Fuck the haters, man. Like, um, what, yeah. what's mo- what's most bothersome to me is that, um, like, who are you to tell what an artist should should charge for his or her work? Hey, just don't buy it. It's that simple. You know, we got a little bit of pushback too. We we put we put out um, uh, Prince Paul's upcoming uh, record for um, it's it's the soundtrack to Who ki- Who Killed Malcolm X, right. and it was a big vinyl package. Um, there's a poster. There's um, it's autographed. All that stuff. We sold it for ninety dollars. And we got a little bit of pushback, too. And it's just like, how dare you? How dare you? Like, you walk into the Louvre and say the Mona Lisa (laughs) is overpriced, you know (laughs) what I mean? Just don't buy it yeah um that's it yeah. that's pretty much that's pretty much my take. i mean i don't have anything crazy nuanced besides like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave, it's kind of funny and
2: maybe it like softened the blow for the rap ferrera record which i was gonna buy either way but it wasn't the most expensive record i got in the last couple of months so you actually uh, set the bar pretty high <laughs> that's like, right my, my best friend is putting out a record with prince paul and i'm not gonna buy it like what totally. am i saying monster like of course <laughs> i'm buying that it it just... <laughs> 900 we would have to talk but like you could you could have taken it up a little higher and i am still gonna buy it it's like it's <laughs> you guys it's prince paul it's totally
0: like totally have, totally there's like a
2: limited run too
3: right like you only made yeah. copies right and then comes with yeah. all that added value and like come on right yeah. right like, and, <laughs> yeah,
0: and and to your point earlier wheezy it's just like you're, you're buying a, a package of artwork you know the, the music is just one component of it
2: now
1: yeah. OK, exactly. okay. Yeah. so if, Simone, if let's, you have let's play this out. and you just yes. moved
2: and yes. you are not the biggest vinyl head in the world. So what do you no. think about this?
1: I, I I support it for the reasons that kind of Weezy talked about in the sense that Milo can't tour. You know what I mean? And I think any creative uh, way you can come up with to uh, support yourself is great. And I, I wasn't aware because you're right. I don't collect vinyl too tough. Um, is that all the ruby stuff has such a resale value and this is where it lands for me um, is as somebody who's seen my very early work sold for a lot more than I, what I was selling it for why can some dude named Dieter come up on my shit but I can't you know what I mean and so that for me is why I landed in this shit like why is it okay for a handful of collectors um to profit off of these things, but when the artist does it somehow, it's, it's weird or obscene. But I like, uh, I like that Milo kind of leaned into it and it seems like even the hype around it is working for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Tom Ralph out. Is that
0: right?
2: Yeah, I think he'll sell Damn. out on like Tuesday or Wednesday dope good for, so, good for him good for him and so family doubtful. and everybody and involved. just so everyone is you know, it's 1500 it's it's limited but that's not really what we would consider to be that limited these right. days right. but yeah. if you but it's good have a calculator on your phone and you do 77 times 1500 yeah. change and obviously there were costs involved and there's costs for shipping and all that stuff but like it, this is a good this is a good little come up does it make up for yeah. five tours worth of money in 2020 value no, i doubt no, it probably not Probably, probably not because every time you tour, you gain new fans, and you're mostly right. you're selling record to your previous fans. So it's like there's a lot of conflicting impulses here. Yeah, that's yeah. like a whole bunch of like streaming revenue that he's probably missing out on, and just gaining fans on
3: tour, right? Right. Oh, yeah. like, you
6: know he's going right. to be
3: gaining new fans as he's touring. that's ups the streaming, however much that is. Totally. Let like, the yeah. make yeah. his loot, man.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think every, that's 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 the headline here. Is um, <laughs> Folks are, are far too concerned with what the Milo's of the world are charging and not right. the fact Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes. Uh, <laughs> Wheezy, <laughs> yep. Wheezy you are, you've got a new uh, project out uh, that we want to give you a little time to, to plug here. What, what's, what you got coming out the, out the oven? Yeah, last
3: week I dropped a uh, three-song remix project called Revisions. Um, it's just been some remixes that I, uh, had laying around that I wanted to finish up while we were, uh, during lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. so it was just like one of those projects. I was like, man, if I don't come out with something out of this, uh, whole COVID stay at home mm. thing, then I'm just a fool. You know what I'm saying? I'm just making excuses. So, right. um, it was a, it was a fun little project. Um, there's a Drake remix on there, a Lloyd remix, um, a Tinashe remix, but I kind of flip it to my own way um, just yeah. the three different styles three, three different flavors just to uh you know get everybody's palate wet uh, pause if I need to do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there, a shirt. there there it is <laughs> there it is um, so so where can where can people uh, interact with this uh, they could go to my
3: website com. it will uh forward you over to a bandcamp site um And uh, you can get it right there. And I just uh, released a shirt um, also. So if you buy a shirt, you'll get that. Um, You could also download the project for free. Um, uh, But yeah, just go there
2: now. Nice. (laughs) nice. Uh, DBRP (laughs) listeners, especially people who've been with us for a while, have heard a little bit of Wheezy's music before. I can't remember what show number it was, but we did feature some of your beats like a year ago-ish. It was about a year ago. It was the yeah. one
3: um, with, uh, I believe, uh, with the Fat Boys. The oh, oh like uh, Prince, Prince Marky D. Prince, Mar- Prince Marky D, nice. yeah. Nice. Who I could forget I the
2: halcyon days of no, us not knowing Prince Marky e. D was a famous producer after the Fat Boys and making a whole <laughs> interview about the Fat Boys. And he's like, you guys know I produced Mary J. Blige's well, totally. first album that was 10 times platinum, right? Yeah, dude, <laughs> I was right. like, oh, he's big. <laughs> like, He did a lot yeah. of, of shit. Of course <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, Prince
1: Marky e. D. Thanks. Um, yeah, man. Weez we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, we encourage everybody to go to Weezmatic.com check out the new remix project. Um, is it baby making music? Yes or no? Uh one of them is. Um okay.
3: the other two, if you're trying to get in and out real quick, I guess. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Hey-o. Smash and Dash or Baby Making Music. Weez
3: yeah. thanks for coming yeah, on, on the program, man.
6: Uh,
1: yo um
3: before i go i want to just acknowledge you guys on all the great work that you guys been doing just like as far as the educating and all that dog i I looked up so many dope artists by just tuning into you guys like i have a lot of my favorite albums from this year from uh suggestions that you guys made
2: right on wheezy thanks man be well all right peace
1: Dead by Rap Pod, we are back with another dope guest on the line. Dope guest, plural. Um, we have a duo that has put out a new record called Miles, which is amazing. We had a couple days to sit with it and we're really impressed. We want to welcome joining us via phone
2: is Blue in Exile. How's it going? Hello, hello. hello. How you
5: guys doing? Good,
2: good. really good. Yeah, um, your guys' record is fantastic. Um, I, you can tell that it, there was a lot of work put into it and a lot of thought put into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're just happy to have you here to be able to ask you a couple questions. So really appreciate you joining us. Thank you.
5: Thanks. Oh yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: Absolutely. Let's, uh, let me start, I'll, I'll, I'll start by asking you a question next What was it like, uh, at the start, the outset of this project, the, the soundscape for this is definitely very heavily jazz influenced. And I'm wondering if that was a deliberate decision um, at the outset. Obviously the record's called Miles and the single Miles is amazing as well. But w- Can you talk a little bit about the, the sound of this record and, and how you, you came upon it?
6: I, I wonder if there are really so many jazz samples. Hey, there is a lot of jazz samples. Part of it was deliberate as far as like Blue Finding Me samples. And uh, I would say it is I coming mean, from, from my perspective. From my
5: perspective of choosing beats, my bad.
6: Yeah, that too, and then just uh, trying to cater to a sound that I think would uh, be best for Blue.
0: Okay, perfect, perfect. Hey, guys, well, first off, happy 13th anniversary on uh, Below the Heavens, man. Um, uh, I wanted to quickly ask you guys, um, so for I I read that for Gimme Flowers. It was a little bit less of a personal work process because you guys, like, did some of it through the internet whereas the first one was more hands-on but I read that for this one you guys were back to basics can you talk about the making of this album and sort of what the chemistry like since it it was a bit more hands-on of a process
6: well um it was like a a just really getting on the same page and really like uh, exchanging uh, more ideas and concepts and what we wanted to accomplish with the album and uh i mean i wrote i wrote blue out like even like a whole like letter at one point before we started the album and then we we just really locked in and then uh when we met up um we got back you know at least for uh, some of the songs to where i was making beats on the spot and blue was writing and Mm. <laughs> then we'd get to recording right afterwards, which which is always a fun way to work, you know, and a, a way
2: to, like, um, nourish our uh, chemistry, you know. Uh, Blue, let me ask you specifically a question. I think um there's a lot of beautiful and vivid writing on this record, but one of the tracks that really stood out to me was um let me make sure I get the title right here. Um To the Fall but Not Forgotten. Can you tell us a little bit about the making of that track and um uh, just kind of your writing process on this project?
5: Um that track was was about, you know, kind of remembering the people who have put you in a position that you're in. At the same time, while you're trying to proceed and succeed in life and go miles in life, you know, as you're trying to go miles in life, you know, you should definitely remember the people who put you in that place. So as we journeyed through, we definitely wanted to take time out to acknowledge more people, you know.
2: Absolutely. Are you a big jazz fan? Like, are you um, like listening to records like that? And were you a big student of the culture before? It feels like it flows very easily for you.
5: Um, I'm more of a new jazz fan. You know, once I started digging around the age, for like the last 10 years, I've been a jazz fan. You know, I'm 30, 30 now. I've been a hip hop fan most of my life. But I've been a jazz fan for probably the last 10 years. Do you feel like uh, you
1: guys as a group and either of you can answer this, get credit um, as being one of the the best rap duos? Like, do you think you've been properly credited given the the work you've put out?
5: Yes. (laughs) I think we're (laughs) definitely, it's much love. You know what I mean? We get, we get mad love. We get mad comparisons to like, you know, our favorites, you know what I mean? So like, is 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 definitely there man it's definitely there you know we we always strive for more as human beings, but you know um we definitely get a whole lot of love for just being a, an awesome duo
6: yeah you know like uh it, it definitely has exceeded our expectations you know where where our uh our uh creative uh you know unit has uh taken us in life has has uh you know, it's been really like uh Manifest Destiny and um mm. yeah, it's it's been it's been a childhood dream come true for real. You know, um we can always want more, but I'm I'm definitely like happy. And uh this with this album being released too, the response oh. has just been so amazing and the work that we put behind this record and what we've gone through in life has been I mean, at least from my perspective it's been extremely hard and so mm. to, to make it out like and just not give up and do exactly what we wanted to do and to do it and to have the response we're getting is is incredible it, it, it's it's a it's a dream come true it's uh, like it's like uh getting through getting through the battle of of uh of life really you know and uh mm. coming out and making it to a place where you wanted to be you know dope dope thank you guys um you know the guest
0: list on the on this album seems like a personal one right so you have Aloe black who's worked with exile of course and then miguel is a childhood friend of blues um we would be remiss if we didn't bring up ac alone
1: can you know
0: on on the show we kind of just nerd out whether it's amongst each other or just with artists and so for you guys can you guys both touch a little bit about A.C. Alone's sort of importance in L.A.'s music scene. Can, how, how... can I
6: start this off? Can I start this off? Um, <laughs> I've been an A.C. Alone fan and Project Bloat fan, like, since the beginning, since, like, 92, yes, hearing him on the Michael uh, Mixingmore show in L.A. And uh, just uh, the mystique behind them was just so real for me, like, dubbing his tapes of, like, their albums before finding it and then finding it and then seeing them perform. And I was a huge fan of them. And, uh, then meeting blue and working with blue, I would actually always, I would try to hip him to freestyle fellowship, but at that time it was over his head and I couldn't, we, we couldn't, we didn't see eye to eye there. It was just, it was, you know, cause he was his, his taste was at a certain level at that time. But, uh, before the making of this album he finally became a huge fan of them and we and then i had finally had the the chance to show him all of the music and have his full attention which was like a cool moment for me and for us and um we both like got the relish in being ultra fans of um, freestyle fellowship and project Blode, and then um To me, it just felt like, you know, an extension of that, you know, Blue being at LAMC and understanding the importance of uh, freestyle fellowship and then to be able to bring him on to this just felt like uh, getting to work with one of the greats, you know, out Mm -hmm. here and someone that I've always looked up to. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just like paying homage
2: and respect.
6: Definitely.
5: X summed that up well <laughs> for both of us. You know what I mean? Uh,
2: thank you for that, guys. Um, I just, I'm just i going to prompt this question a little bit, and um, I guess I, I want to talk about the album's length, um, but I, not in a disparaging way at all. It's just a notable thing about your record. Projects are getting shorter and shorter, 7 song things we used to call EPs are being considered LPs and getting nominated for Grammys. Like, um, how did you decide to to kind of go long with this and really like explore the edges of, uh, you know, the, the full LP um, or maybe two LP, three LP in this case uh, time frame? Was it just you had so much material you wanted people to hear it or did you want to make a long record?
5: Um, we felt like we had to make up for lost time. You know, that's the best way to put it really.
2: And we did
6: want to get all the material out because we still got more material to put out. Wow. So it's just like cleaning the slate and, and freeing these uh, these blessings that were given to us uh, somehow to, to, to express ourselves creatively and just freeing, freeing those birds and letting them uh, fly over the masses and uh, kick poops. <laughs> that's nice. what's up and, nice. and we're
1: we're all we are all the beneficiaries of, of, of that shit as it were no um, need no
6: need no need to, no need to watch the windows. <laughs> oh my god just let that go on the windshield
1: that's dope um, had, did did the the current kind of lockdown situation influence the recording of this does that did that overlap at all, like the quarantine
6: and all that?
5: No, not at all. We we actually had the record done before the uh, quarantine. Okay. But
6: a cool thing about it is a lot. Some of the songs somehow like relate directly to it, which mm-hmm. is I, I thought was pretty cool. And it's you know, you like to think maybe that was it wasn't a mistake that that happened. You know, I like to think that, but
5: divine intervention. <laughs>
6: hey um hey this next
0: question is for blue um you know i'm a fan of your work and you've worked with so many great producers uh shafiq hussein oh no even madlib but you know i i feel like your work with exile resonates the most uh, at least to me and 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 i I feel like your guys as fans probably think that as well blue what do you think what is it about exiles production that speaks to you
5: um it's more so the the man behind the production. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exile personally, personally, um, gets down with me on songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, uh, personally has concepts for me. Um, will set aside just for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and we have, and we have such a strong relationship. We've known each other much longer than, um, a lot of the producers I've worked with. And, um, and we've already we've already put out records so it's it's a very mature mature level when we get together and start working on new stuff you know and it's easier to 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 collaborate you know mm-hmm. so right on. exile is the best you know what i mean <laughs> I'm gonna take that
2: one step further. This question is for exile, and it, I'm it, like all my questions. Sorry about this. It's, it starts with a statement and ends with a question. You really have a, a way of dissecting music, um, in particular soul music, or perhaps like a sweet soul or a low rider oldie sound that's just like sounds really natural. And you bring out a lot of the natural elements into it, but into a hip hop realm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like just working within that soul music? palette
6: could you be more specific
2: sure um sure. did you listen to like east side story when you were growing up like, oh yeah 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 like, yeah listen to art LeBeau. like uh what makes you like want to like kind of dig into that style? yeah
6: yeah okay
2: that there you go like uh you know i felt like
6: uh
2: i felt like what
6: i wanted to do is i, I you know yes i listened to art LeBo and oldies i hung out with uh you know Essays and, like, you know, Mexican folks and, you know, Tally shit and whatnot. And uh, I wanted to make an album with Choosy because uh, of his lineage. And I wanted it to be an album that could resonate, you know, with how I like to make music, like with, like maybe I'll say, you know, make an album that's like some Blue and Exile shit that Blue and Exile fans would fuck with, but have it be through the eyes of someone, you know, catered for someone who is Mexican and, mm-hmm. and uh, with how they tell their story, but also with how the music is and, you know, I mean, that's been done before with, like, say, Cypress Hill or something like that, but they didn't really do it on the oldies tip. And that's been done on the oldies tip with other cats, but I think it was more niche for, like, a Chicano rap thing as opposed Mm -hmm. to just, like, an overall, like, part of, like, the quote-unquote, like, culture, culture of hip-hop. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I wanted something that sounded that was Chicano but was – absolutely like hip-hop, something that could be classic.
1: Mm. That's dope. Yeah. And I like that. That,
6: was the, that was the challenge to make a full, full Chicano album that, you know, all fans of, like, the hip-hop, yeah. you know, of hip-hop would fuck with. It wouldn't just be, like, someone who's into Chicano rap, you know, or someone who's into, like, you know what I mean? So I felt it yeah. just kind of... Brought in people who weren't part of the, who aren't even part of the Chicano culture to to, to enjoy the album.
2: Yeah, um, we're from San Jose, and I think we grew up in a very similar way as what you're describing. And like Lowrider magazine was founded here, so it's just it's like a part of our the fabric of our lives. So I thought the way that you yeah for it sure and uh, brought it into kind of like the modern hip hop era was just really well done. So um, appreciate Thank that. You.
0: you know, you guys. So, I mean. with with the new album being out and everybody's talking about it and stuff um i want to take it back to below the heavens though um when you when was the last time you guys heard that and and how does it sit with you nowadays
5: i heard it a few times this year just actually just comparing it to the miles record just before Mm. just personally on my own and uh it sits well with i think it's like Exile said earlier it goes beyond our expectations, you know what I mean? So not just the, the fame of the record or anything, but just sitting with the, listen, listening to what actually touches people from the record, you know what I mean? Just getting those vibes, listening to it, comparing the record. But yeah, I listened to it a couple of times this year. Um, so
1: now that we're in this era where uh, touring is not possible, um kind of how does that impact the way you guys push the record out and like how you know some artists have put out we talked about milo's new record which he put out for 77 bucks like do you guys have any um upcoming wrinkles to this release for fans to interact with the music since you won't be able to go out
6: yeah i was just actually hanging out with my buddy and um he 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 did the uh the flowers artwork and the exile radio artwork. And we were trying to, we've been discussing how to do something special for the people. Uh, we have a few ideas. Um, and maybe we might try to charge people to check it out. One of the ideas is we might do a, a, a live, uh, a streaming event, like, uh, a, or a show or whatever, like at the LA river or mm. trying to figure out how to do visuals or like just do something, different that people would want to check out um, so yeah we plan on doing something like that and still uh, developing it
1: okay that's that's super dope um, yeah I mean I, I just want to really thank you guys for making the time to uh, to come on the dead body rap pod the album miles is out right now it's an excellent album um, 20 tracks which is like Nate said unheard of but all super dope, man. So we, yeah, we just want to thank you guys for coming on the program.
6: Thank Thank you. Thank you
5: guys for having us. Definitely. There it is. All All right. Peace. Thank you guys.
2: Peace guys. Thanks a bunch. Great work. Peace. peace. Thank you. You guys have a good one.
6: Yeah, you too. Easy,
5: easy.
1: Dad, Bod, Rap Pod, that was our conversation with Blue and Exile, um, whose record Miles is out right now. Super, super dope record. Um, yeah, and I, I thought they had some some thoughtful responses. They seem like a real um, number one connected group, you know what I mean? You can tell when you're talking to a couple folks who, who work together a lot. And so the chemistry on the record definitely showed in the interview.
0: Definitely. I think you can tell by sort of our reactions as well, our glowing reactions is uh, how much we love the new album. I think it's so dope. I mean, uh, Nate spoke to the length of the album earlier. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want longer albums unless they're all good songs, you know? So Mm -hmm. this is another case of that. And, you know, these guys don't aren't like type of dudes that are all over the press cycles, you know, they they pop out here and there. So it's really good to get a little uh, glimpse of their world and what went into the record.
2: So I think the, like, we should consider them. I had a whole uh, note on my notepad, like, are, do you guys think of yourselves as a group? And I didn't even need to ask it because they were right. very, like, forceful. Like, yes, we are a group. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, we're absolutely. a duo and we're among the duos and we get discussed among our heroes and stuff, which I think is really cool. I love hearing that, honestly. same. Um, same. Also, to that point, we've interviewed so many people who, you, I think, Damone, you asked, like, do you guys feel like you get enough credit? They're like, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> totally we get enough credit. We're, we're right in there. And I'm like, I love hearing that too. I love a confident artist. Totally. Uh, but I think we should have a little bit of a discussion around, do you guys think of Below the Heavens as a classic? Because it defines Ooh. how I would consider them as a group. Right. They would have to have a classic album. And in 10 years, maybe we'll be talking about this one like that. But for now, right. the main work is Below the Heavens. And I'll just start. Um, I think it is, but mm-hmm. only for the pe- like the people who fuck with it. Which I don't know if that means it is or not. You know what I mean? Oh, it's kind of a niche album, but I do think it's kind of a modern classic. It's kind of in between eras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, it's not Project Blowed like Freestyle Fellowship stuff. It's not new school like mm-hmm. what we're dealing with now, the Vanguard or whatever you call it. It's it came at a weird time, mm-hmm. but I think for a lot of LA folks and a lot of West Coast hip hop fans and people who like wordy laid back jazzy hip-hop which is a lot of people and frankly most of my friends it is thought of as one of the best records of that that kind of niche so i'm just curious Mm. what you guys think of that
0: i think um i think i think it kind of hit the nail on the head saying that it's a modern classic which which sort of categorizes it and you know with a bunch of exceptions right so it's like i do think that many people think that it is a total 100 classic i don't know if it's like a to me i don't know if it's personally a classic and the sense of like Illmatic is a classic, you know what I mean? But I do think that it continually ages well. Every time I hear a track, I think mm-hmm. it's dope. Um, Exile just gets better and better, but the foundational um, gems are, are, are heard on that album. And so, you know, um, personally to me, I don't think it's a classic because, you know, I I think 36 Chambers is a classic, but time will only tell and they're definitely on their way.
2: What about you, Damon? Um.
1: I think if Blue and Exile were a duo from Brooklyn, it would be considered a classic. Ah, so you think there's West Coast Bias? Oh, definitely. I think in the conversation, which is why I asked the question, I I think their name doesn't come up as much because even amongst LA artists, they're kind of an outlier. To your point, Nate, it's not of the Project Blowed kind of, um, you know, uh, high... High experimental rhyme flow mm-hmm. type stuff, and it was interesting to hear exile talk about trying to hit blue to Project Blood and he was like, nah you know what I mean and eventually coming around um because he seems like he's a little younger, right but it it's not that it doesn't fit neatly into any of the l a subgenres, except for something like a dilated people's that's kind of the closest lane to theirs, and I you know, And I feel like that type of rap, actually, because it's not from New York, I just think people don't know what to do with it. We don't think about Blue and Exile when we talk about the great West Coast groups, even, even in their right. own kind of lane. So I think it's that kind of cater- categorization that prevents something like Below the Heavens from being widely accepted. But to me, I'm like, it's, it's very similar. I think I'm par with the Black Star record, like with Black Star's first record. I was mm. going... Yeah, in terms of, of, of beats and rhymes coming together, Blue is a really good songwriter. He has a great voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exile is, a, is an amazing producer. Although I will say this, Miles is May in the end, and I've, it's only been out for a couple days, so I don't want to be too hyperbolic. I think mm-hmm. Miles in the end may be a better record because it seems like they're both really in their bag, and you have to be, to be able to carry a 20-song album in 2020. Right. When I first saw the track list, I was like, let me see when I tap out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let me see like, okay, seven, you guys know I'm notorious for being like, five albums is a good record. Five songs is a good record. Um, there's at least 15 to 16 good, good to really good songs on this record. So um, I'm interested to see where this falls uh, in kind of the, the rankings when it's all said and done.
2: Yeah, um, I, I have another kind of question to provoke you with and i'm just curious what you guys think and i don't have an answer for this one so i'm not going to take the first stab at it maybe dave you could you could take this would would they be considered a better group if they had a group name
0: ah i don't think so i mean there's plenty of people with like sort of long-winded or group names are a bit of a mouthful um i think sort of to Demone's point though i think this album will cement that stature it shows so much maturation um, between the first album. And part of the reason why the first album works so well is because it does sort of have a sophomoric um, approach to it. It's like a bunch of dudes who are doing stuff in their bedroom. It's not super serious professional, but it's, you know, it has all the basics that you need, right? So with this album, I think it's a little bit more stronger. Um, so I think you're right, Damone. I think time will tell. But I think, you know, we're talking boom, bap, and basics. I mean, this album is, is pretty much right on.
1: Yeah, that's no that's the really most. interesting. Uh uh because yeah, because blue and exile is not um it, it's in the way that Blackstar, the comparison I just made, I maybe folks don't consider them a group because Blue worked on Exile worked on the Choosy record. Mm. Um Blue has worked with other people. So that's that's a really interesting thing. Would Gangstar be Gangstar if it was just called uh, guru and Premier? Interesting interesting uh probably probably still would be gangstar
2: yeah um, th- th- that's a good example for what i was going for which is like it, you know outcast right it's yeah, like yeah everybody knows what you're gonna get when you get that mm-hmm. and like now big boy has a bunch of solo records and andre is a flautist and um <laughs> right. a, a uh what do, you, what do you call oh man my, i lost my rhythm on my joke but i was gonna say a jumpsuit designer and like all the, yeah. all kinds of other things but there you know Outcast. It's right. like, is it Blue the solo artist and Exile the solo artist? And I do mm-hmm. think that changes people's perceptions. I don't have a strong feeling about this mm-hmm. either way, mm-hmm. but that's, that's um, interesting. Yeah, I was just, I was, and stuff like that mattered more in the olden days. It mattered right. more when you got your information from a magazine you had to subscribe to or go to a store to buy. Totally, you could only listen to a CD if you paid seventeen dollars for it. Like, you needed that strong branding of like totally. a dynamic to to catch people's attention. Right. I think, and now it's the internet the information floats around you grab what you can grab and all the rest of it floats by you and it's just not it doesn't matter as much anymore but okay. um, i do think in order for them to be considered among the greats they'd have to have like this really solid track record and um they're they're on their way this new album's very good we'd love for you all to listen to it and let us know what you think of it um and especially if we if you heard about it because of us we'd love to hear that because we're yeah We're getting a lot of good feedback that we serve as kind of a recommendation engine for people who listen to the show. And we're like a filtering process. No one can listen to everything, but we're trying to listen to what's out there and bring you what we think is important in the moment. So um, that's been Mm -hmm. a fun, cool thing that's been going on lately. It's like people have been like, Oh my God, I never heard of X, but I did listen to your show. And it's like, we'll we'll keep doing it then you know <laughs> no totally totally
0: i mean there were a few years there when i sort of checked out of you know keeping up with hip-hop you know and this is the type of show that without patting ourselves on the back that i wish was there for me you know totally
2: exactly gave to that point those years where i was kind of checked out or more to the point like embittered and jaded mm-hmm. and didn't mm-hmm. think anything could be good is wind below the heavens came out totally and i didn't really give it a chance uh, because right I was, I was like I never heard of this shit like, right, who's, right. It? who's blue, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I was all mm-hmm. like chip on my shoulder, totally and so I didn't listen to it really until years later when I mm-hmm. had like relaxed a little bit and I was able to take in new sounds, and then I was like, oh right this is super good
1: (laughs)
0: it's also a bit of an age thing though because at that point we've we've already experienced all this stuff but there there are cats are just a little bit younger um that think it's just the end all that just think it's the shit and sometimes obviously it's just when music enters your life right
1: for sure absolutely dave i feel like um i love your thing of Be the podcast you wanted when you were a kid Right, is what is what we aspire (laughs) to here on the dad bod rap pod. Um, Please interact with us. We are on the socials at dad bod rap pod on Twitter uh, at dad bod rap pod on Instagram live. Um, Nate and Dave, I'm calling it right now. Nate and Dave will be doing an IG live this Friday um, at (laughs) five o'clock PST. Yeah, Dave. (laughs) <laughs> We're drafting you, bro. I held down the first two weeks. Somebody else has to uh, be Nate's foil as he pulls out uh, <laughs> all of his favorite vinyl and, and drinks um, hipster beers. Um, but check us out on IG Live, 5 p.m. PST. We do a little kind of half hour um, we hash a little bit of what happened on the latest episode as well as talk about vaginal hair um, and all of the that's a real thing. You guys didn't see that last week. <laughs> Dude, that was that was a fun moment. Um, so yeah, so we're we're out there on the socials. You can also check out the Dad Bod Rap Pod podcast. Obviously, you found it somehow, but we are on Google Play, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Kiki.co UK is our, our UK syndication partner. So please check out. The program there. Um, do we have anything that we want to we want to plug
2: at this time? No. Uh, I will say this without giving too much away. I have had a lot of conversations with our fellow kind of what I would call indie rap podcast bros lately. And I just want to say, without getting into why we're all talking, it's really cool to be part of a community. Um, All of you out there grind in every week to get good guests and make a thoughtful show and edit everything properly. Like, I see you. And I know it's not easy. And I think, like, there's some really cool shit happening. And the the more, the merrier. And I'm always down to, like, share information and to learn from you guys, because people are doing killer stuff. So... Uh, maybe some more collabs in our future, perhaps. We kind of thought this would be the year of the collab when we set out, and then the year just tried to destroy us,
5: essentially.
2: <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so it's been a yeah. minute since we, uh, we had a really successful collab, but it was really fun last time we did it. So anyway, I'm giving a little too much away, but I just want to say um, it's been cool meeting some of the fellow members of the community lately and chatting with them
1: absolutely uh the pod bros are out in full force trying to get our trying to get our content game together dave you don't have any like juicy name dropping to make us all secretly <laughs> hate you
0: i you know i'm th- this sounds this sounds so pretentious but i'm always working on at least like five or five to eight projects kind of floating sure. around um sure. i just did a thing with uh, the zombies that was just published on wax Florida oh that's and- right week so that's always a blast i mean especially these days to sort of work outside of the rap rap realm um sure. that's, also, that's always super fun and um, nothing that I can reveal at the moment, but there's a couple big things okay. that I'm working on. Yeah. OK.
1: So thank you for, um, for
0: bringing that up, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. When, when you when you come out with your uh, your your Kanye election tour coverage, we we are going to be super excited. Oh, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Dabod Rap Pod. We are dropping new episodes every Thursday new guests, people who are moving and shaping the culture. Stay tuned, stay locked, stay alive. How about that? Um, and come back and check out more of the Dad Bod Rap Pod.
4: Thank you,